Intellectuals, welcome back to another episode of the Crick Intellectuals podcast. Uh, we are excited, uh, Rufan and I, to be co-hosting again our new episode. We have lots to talk about, but let's start with Rufan. What's up, Rufan? Where you been? How you been? I'm good, man. Just uh, Friday night. Looking forward to the weekend. Uh, work was busy as usual. Coming back from the holidays last week uh, and uh, enjoying some test match. Yeah, it's been a light week at work. Uh, finally, work's been really busy. Like you said, last time too, November is just really busy. And now leading up to the holidays, things are calming down a little bit. And everybody's just looking forward to the holiday now here too. So I can't wait till we get to that part of the year. Winter, stay home with family and have some fun. Enjoy the kids a little bit. Uh, you know, be with, with our families a little bit more. So looking forward to that. You've been catching up on test matches I don't know what your threshold is when it comes to <laughs> sitting down all day and watching a five-day match. Yeah, man. With our with both our day jobs, it's really, really difficult to be watching the test match. I mean, the test match, you know, here um, in New York, it starts at 11 o'clock at night. So the game that's going on right now, by the way, we're in the second test match, Pakistan and Bangladesh second and the final test match of this Bangladeshi tour that the Pakistani team is doing. So it's going on right now. And um, yeah, you know, I, I watch whenever I sit down and it's on uh, a lot of times it's early, early morning, like five in the morning, if there's still a part of the game that's going on and I'm driving to work and I kind of listen in on it. Uh, but besides that, haven't, haven't really watched an entire test match, which is really, really becoming harder and harder to do with, our present day lifestyles. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's actually only possible to pay attention when it's in odd times. You got to give up your sleep to watch a test match. In US, the lifestyle is so busy. There's no way if it comes on eight in the morning that we're sitting there and watching this. And weekends are busy as well. So I, I do find myself late nights uh, incredible how I never had any interest in test matches growing up. But now if you get caught in that vortex of strategy and you understand what the bowling side is trying to do and they're making these different variations and field placements, it catches you off guard and you're there for two hours because you start to figure out what the strategy is. And on the batting end, you see these batsmen just playing shots so late and they're testing themselves and their skill. And you can certainly tell why test cricket is still around and the pleasure that these uh, experienced players take in playing the game for five days in a row. Oh, very difficult for any other athletes in any other sport, but they keep on going. It is interesting if you're really into it. Yeah, it's grueling, man. And every player that we meet and talk to they or listen to, they always rank test games as the you know epitome of cricket and and what it means to be a competitive professional cricketer. So, and it's totally understandable because really you do get to hone in your craft a lot. You get to really be in the conditions for a long time. It's it's physically very rigorous, like you're saying. You have to be in, in pretty good shape to be able to last five days, uh, especially in different kinds of weather conditions as well. People are playing a lot of times in in the summer heat, Sometimes the games are, you know, in really hot climates, dry weather, um, and it really does push every player to their limits. In in fielding, just imagine fielding if you're a batsman who only, you know, contributes to the team in batting, but you got at least two and a half, three days of just being out there in the field under the sun, 
just like waiting for the ball to come to you is really a test. It's a test of your nerves, your skills, your stamina, your temperament, all of the above. So uh, I could see why test cricket continues and should continue. But from the spectator's point of view, it's beautiful to watch in spurts, I feel, in chunks. And you learn a lot about the game. You learn a lot about how players are developing, especially, and how players handle uh, different kinds of bowling. And you get to really see their full spectrum of skill set, not just yeah. like one one dimension. So it is definitely valuable to see if you're a student of the game and if you want to really understand how the game is played and what are the factors that affect the game. So definitely valuable, but hard to watch, nevertheless. Yeah, definitely test our skill set, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and patience. Um, the patience, for sure. So what do you make out of this uh, Pakistan versus Bangladesh first test? What do you think overall? Did you see any weaknesses and where our strength was? And uh, how do you rate Bangladeshi team? Yeah, I feel that Pakistan did really well. I did have, again, a scare moment in their first innings. Uh, Pakistan batting. Uh, so Bangladesh set the target of 330. Well, it wasn't a target. It was their first inning total of 330. And Pakistan didn't really cross it. Didn't make it. We were all out at 286. So the the point being that the openers kicked in and then that was it. And and Bobber's poor showing is continuing. Uh, with the bat, I mean. Obviously, is being a great captain, I feel. But uh, the batting just, you know, kind of collapsed. And you also have to give credit to the other side. Uh, Dajul Islam, the guy with, you know, who took what what was it? Seven wickets in that in that yeah. first showing of Pakistan. So really got Pakistan. He, he had the ball turning a lot. And and the problem is that our hitters hadn't seen that kind of turn and that kind of quality bowling for a long time. You know, we were not getting like um, pitches where you get Shane Warren kind of style of bowling and, and crazy turns. But Dejil really maximized the conditions and really got the better of Pakistan. But what I really loved and was impressed by how Pakistan came back, uh, both in bowling and in batting. So Bangladesh was all out on their second inning for 157. And Shaheen and Hassan Ali together in both the innings, you know, they both had seven wickets apiece. Um, in the first one, Hassan had five. In the second one, Shaheen had five. And then they both yeah. had two, um, respectively. So they both showed up. And then most importantly, how our batting responded to Tejal Islam. We didn't talk about this in the free hit, but the batting really, like they showed that they could learn very quickly. They didn't want to give him any more wickets. I was completely thinking that Tejal was going to get a, in Punjabi, they say dasa, dasa marega. <laughs> so dasa, you know, meaning they'll get 10 wickets. And yeah. I could see him getting 10 wickets. I was like, dang, this this guy is going to rip through Pakistan and it's over. But after he got seven wickets in one innings, he only got one more in the next one. So that tells me that, you know, our players really went back, talked about it, studied him, understood him as quickly as possible. And they're like, this is going to be our approach when we face him again. So I was very interested in that aspect of it. And I felt the players showed that they were smart and intelligent and they were willing to do the homework and also show patience against quality bowling when it's happening. Cause not everything always goes your way. You have to be ready to respond to that, the, the situation specific choices. So 
that's what I was most impressed with. Yeah, no, I completely agree. This uh, come from behind type of method, especially against Bangladesh, is becoming common with Pakistan. It almost uh, feels like it's intentional. <laughs> they they try to lose early on, and if you look at T20 matches that we played in Bangladesh, it was the same type of story. Uh, overall, I thought it was a well-fought competition. Both teams were equally impressive. I know it seems like we beat them with eight wickets, but it really came down to day five. And had uh, Bangladesh scored another 100 runs in their second innings, it would have been a different story. It could have been a draw. Uh, but looking at the batting side, Abid Ali, man, it was just amazing. The guy almost got two centuries, which is rare. I think there's only a few players who have scored hundreds in both innings and he came really close and bad luck he got out 94 i think it was uh what's the other guy abdullah shafiq, abdullah shafiq. Who, who is this guy first of all <laughs> I, they must have seen a spark in this guy that he's in the team and whatever they saw in him it definitely worked it looks like he only played one first class match he definitely had all the boxes ticked off and the qualities for a test cricketer and uh, he did well he did 250s and that's rare too i don't know if that's uh, some type of record for a new player to come in and score 50s in both innings. Other than that, I, I can't really praise anybody else. Uh, and I can't blame anybody else either because Rizwan and Azhar Ali, they only got one chance, right? Pretty much the second innings was over with after Abid Ali and Abdullah Shafiq got out. They only needed like 50-something score. So you can't really analyze how well they would have done in the second innings. Mm -hmm. Barber, however, is concerning. What do you think uh, is going on with him? You think he's finding the pitch conditions difficult or, or is it worse than that? Has he lost form? Yeah, what I'm seeing, I mean, I, to me, it kind of started um, early on in this series in Bangladesh. He was getting bowled out. And, you know, that, in my experience, <laughs> when a batsman is getting bowled out, it, you know, you're not protecting, you're not focusing on your defense as much, your defensive tactics or, you know, how you're covering yourself. Um, or you're not reading the pitch good enough that you, you constantly misjudge the pace or the bounce. You're not picking up the line. Well, yeah, exactly. So, and, and that's fine. I, I do think he is kind of a thinker also, and it takes him a while to settle uh, and get into a flow. When he's in form, he's in form for a while. He's paying a lot of attention to, him, to his, his technique. And in a new situation, it's harder for him. It, he, he's, he's the kind of like a, not a slow learner, I don't think, but he's like a, he's a, he works at a slow pace, I think, in general. Uh, that is my, I guess, view of him, um, which I like because I don't like, I don't think it's smart to be rushing into things. And, but it, I think it does kind of trickle down to his actual batting approach. You, you talked about last time the, the shift going from T20 to test and, and changing right. the mindset and changing your approach and changing a little bit of your captaincy, probably, uh, you know, depending on what the situation demands. You know, this is a new set of players. I think Bobber gels really well with the T20 players and he knows them really well and he knows them for a long time. He has deep relationships with them. This team, a few new faces, a few different faces, you know, maybe there's a bit of gelling that has to be done and he has to feel more comfortable to go out there and perform. So maybe it's a little bit of that too. Um, you know, I hope he comes out of this, but I do think when you're a player like Babar Azam, um, you are also on everybody's crosshairs. You're the target. You're it's you against all of them because they're like, that's the guy we got to get out. That's the guy. So they, Bangladeshi team probably already also had 
specific plans for him. And they probably they did a good job of restricting him. So we got to give them credit where that's due also. Right. There are a lot of new players that he doesn't know, doesn't uh, probably get along with them as well as he does with T20 squad. Yeah. And then you have senior players uh, who are given all types of advice because they played yeah. more tests than Bobber. And basically, there's too many chefs in one kitchen and mm. that can make life difficult as well. And hopefully Bobber comes around and he's more used to the pitch conditions and the squad altogether. What about Fawad Alam? Any blame on him or bad luck got out earlier in the first inning and didn't really get a chance in the second one? The latter, I would say, what you just said, I think. We got to give him a chance too, man. There's so little test cricket happening, you know. He'll probably perform. But if he doesn't, it's fine. It's just not enough cricket for him. And he didn't get to play the second innings. He definitely makes a comeback. Astonishing one, too. Like every time he got out under 10 in previous test matches, he would come back with a century in the second inning. So, yeah, so no blame on him, really. But uh, hopefully they do click. And overall, I think the squad is pretty uh, strong. Uh, Abid Ali, we expected him to do well. Abdullah Shafiq came out of nowhere. He's doing well. So if, let's say, Babur, Rizwan, Azhar, or Fawad, one of them click in the next test match, we got a pretty strong batting order here. We should be able to get a sweep out of this series as well. What about Bangladeshi side, Nitin Dash? How impressive is that guy? 114 and 59 when on the second innings, I think he was the only one playing out there and had a lot of pressure, but uh, he kept his nerves together and he performed pretty well as well. Yeah, really, really great. I mean, this guy, again, you you score a century and you're the only one who did. And also in the second innings, he's kind of like Abdullah Shafiq. He he had a century and then he had a 59. And and I think Bangladesh is very lucky to have him. I think Bangladesh did some things well, but overall their bowling in general, I think, is the reason why they lost. I don't think it's necessarily the batting. And also you think about our bowling, we had some of the best bowling in the world. So against the Pakistani team, to bat like that definitely deserves credit. Um, and in both of his innings, he did lose his wicket to a pacer. So Hassan Ali got him out the first time. Shine Child Freedy got him out the second time. And as we've said before, between Hassan and Shaheen, we, they have uh, 14 wickets um, out of the 22. So we definitely can see that Bangladesh is struggling with fast bowling. And again, if you're going to make pitches like that, you're going to focus pitches, you're going to make pitches that are more spinner friendly and unpredictable and and whatnot. This is the kind of thing that's going to happen. You know, you're going to get one good inning from one of your players once in a while. And and that's, that's great. Good for Lindash. But besides that, they really got to work on their pitches to give their own batting and, you know, own players, a good competition so that they grow and become better players. Yeah, that's definitely a good point you bring in. We keep on forgetting. And again, we're not used to Pakistan winning as much as they have been. Thanks to us for starting this podcast because things have changed (laughs) for for good. I think our next podcast should be on Pakistan economy or something. Yes. Let's turn that around as well. Pakistan economy, by the way, on a side note, man, I just heard the stock market was cry- almost crashed just two days ago or something in Pakistan. So yeah, yeah. That, that, we need a podcast Let's, on that for sure. Get some free hits in to stabilize and then take yeah. it from there. Yeah, so speaking of bowling, man, Pakistan, 
were definitely amazing. Hassan Ali, he always uh, never surprises you with these comebacks. He would have one bad outing and get criticized and come back with aggressive manner, seven wickets altogether. And what I like about Hassan Ali, man, you don't get to see stumps flying around that much these days. And Hassan Ali gets a lot of bowls. He hits the stumps so often that it's just a treat to watch. And yeah. he's angling the ball in so well. And, uh, you know, a 5-4 in first inning and then two wickets. Uh, he, he had a great outing. Shaheen Afridi, man, this guy fit right in in the test environment. Uh, I, I'm telling you, I'm not going to compare him with Basim Akram. It's too early. But I definitely saw Mitch Johnson, Mitch Stark type of quality of bowling. Mm-hmm. And he has this incredible control where he wants to bowl. Yes, he does make mistakes, but that's where the experience comes in. But his ability to bowl where he wants to, it's uh, pretty impressive. And how is he like what I, I can't understand this man. Like, what is this genetic or what? But like, how is he bowling nonstop, man? I mean, He's junk. <laughs> I get, bro, it's crazy. I mean, you yeah. you bowl at that pace this much, and he never rests. And you know, sometimes I worry about that. I, I worry that Pakistan is playing him too much. I worry that we haven't learned from how we use fast bowlers of that caliber, of that quality, and how often we bring them in and how much rest we give them or not. I think I, I worry that we haven't learned from our past. We could certainly replace Shaheen not replace permanently, but replace him to give him rest. Yeah, and it's more important than the uh, batters. You know, the batsmen get to rest more. Uh, and why is that? They they get to sit in the dressing room all day after they do bat, if they do bat long enough, right? And bowlers, they keep on going at it. And I completely agree. They should rest their superstars at least for one series or, or maybe one match. Don't play him the second test match at least, you know. He's already proved himself. Give him rest and let him replenish, recover. And then we do have the manpower. We have a lot of pacers if you want to replace him. We had Hardest Rauf, you know, play him in one match if he does like to play test. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mohamed Abbas, he does wonders in test cricket. Yeah, he Why was like a Muhammad Asif kind of, upcoming he, Muhammad Asif kind of guy. Yeah, no, he's he's already made his impression. He's medium pacer, but he turns that his line is just meticulous. He's our regular member of our test squad and he wasn't selected so coming back to your point uh shaheen could have definitely been rested and muhammad abbas in i don't know how they predicted the pitch quality in bangladesh and i didn't see yasser shah in the squad that was surprising to me yeah that's osman Qadir, and uh, I, i'm not sure if yasser shah is injured or whatever i may be wrong but but he should have been definitely in the squad. We brought two spinners. They were both new, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think they made an impression. And clearly the ball was moving quite a lot. Good thing the Pacers came through. We should have brought in one more spinner, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this is an interesting point, too, because I don't know what what's going on with Yasser Shah. I know he didn't have a good outing the last time he was part of the, the crew. Um, and I think same thing with Mama the boss. He he didn't give the breakthroughs when they needed, and I think that was one of Abbas's roles. He's a seamer. He was supposed to get us the big breakthroughs, and we we don't want just good economy. I know he had good economy, and that was his criticism that you you got a good economy, but you're not 
giving us any wickets and that's what we need that's why we have you we need you to you know break partnerships so and and same thing with Yasser Shah you know he can go for a lot of runs sometimes um and that's the thing with any kind of a leg spinner they get beat up a little bit sometimes so uh, the way things are going yeah um, you know with the swan Kadri in the mix now it's going to be a lot of competition and he's older so yeah i don't, I don't see him coming back but like yeah. if you look go ahead no go ahead sorry i was just going to just mention the team real quick not not everybody i mean it's mostly the same people but pakistan did announce the t20 and odi squads and we already uh shared who's who's missing here um it's t20 team is essentially the same but we have uh, Muhammad Hasnain, the pacer, is in. Yeah. And uh, so we'll get to see. And Khushtil Shah is in too. I feel like Khushtil Shah is really due for innings. So, man, I mean, he, he's got to do something. Yeah, but he's been man, sitting there. He's, scrapped. <laughs> he's, been, he's been sitting there. You've been mentioned. Yeah, he's got not his getting chances. a chance. Not his fault. But now he has a chance to prove himself. Yeah, he's got to do something, man. He, the couple of chances he did get, he didn't, he didn't do a lot. So... Let's see, you know, so T20 is essentially the same side with the addition of Muhammad Hasnain. We're going to get to see Asif Ali and Heather Ali too. So that's going to be fun. Uh, in ODIs, Imam Al-Haq is back, of course. He usually is, is part of the team. Uh, Harris Roof, of course, is in both teams. And Muhammad Hasnain is also going to be uh, part of the ODI squad. We don't have the the playing 11 yet. For for either of the games, T20s, I think we start with and then we end with the ODIs. All games are being played in Karachi, and uh, there are there's a traveling reserve who's going to be Abdullah Shafiq for ODIs. So he's going to get a chance with the white ball too, which I'm interested in seeing Abdullah Shafiq. But how's he a traveling reserve if you're not traveling? <laughs> <laughs> he's not even traveling from city to city, right? It's, it's the all same in Karachi, city. right? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, it's technically he's uh, gonna get on a bus and go to the stadium. Yeah, There's a little bit of travel <laughs> involved. He's know. a reserve. Okay. He's, all so, right. And, but and it's good to see him there. Yeah, and then then you didn't mention Dhani and Osman Kader also yep. added on. So who they left out? They left out Shebalek, right? Bamadafiz. Yep. And, and Safraz uh, Ahmed, who was really not even a part of the team. I mean, I don't even know why they, they have his name in there. But Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's uh, obviously no disrespect to Safraz. You know, he, he did win the Champions Trophy. He's a former he, captain, all respect Former to captain, him. under-19 World Cup. <clears throat> but where's the spark, man? What is he bringing to the table? And uh, he's not performing in test cricket or one day. And definitely don't see him. Uh, do well in T20. So he was being dragged for a while now. Unfortunately, I think that that this was just coming. Uh, Shoaib Malik and Mohammad Hafiz. I think PCB is heading towards pumping new blood in in all formats, and I think you can see that they're not definitely not resting Shoaib Malik or or Mohammad Hafiz. Right. They just didn't select them. But their approach to do the same with test cricket, I don't know if I agree with that. Because these newer players, you know, they systematically are going to excel in T20 and limited over format because, you know, they get paid from leagues all over the world. And I don't think their longevity is going to be there to last test cricket. So I'm not sure why PCB is taking that approach and pumping new blood in. And you already mentioned that Shaheen Shah Afridi should have been rested. 
I think we should have experienced players in the test squad with a few new players. Yeah, I mean, let's see how this goes. I feel I do want to, again, if we go with the spirit of just the amount of cricket that's been going on and we want to give some of these players a break from that angle, I do like the idea of having, you know, some of these new guys come in to replace some of the old ones and give them, give them a chance, give them a break. They go spend time with families for a little bit. But there's also a break coming in um, January. Um, most of January, there's no cricket going on. I know PSL just uh, got announced also that there will be PSL starting from January 27th with Multan Sultans will be playing Karachi Kings. That's that's going to be the first game. Until then, you know, after the West Indies series, which ends, I think, December 14th or 15th, something like that, everybody will have a break. Uh, but I hear your point. Um, in test matches, you do need a bit of experience. We don't have to try things out as much there uh, as we can in T20s. Going forward, I think they're going to just scratch. You know how you used to be five one days and three T20s? Yeah. It's going to be the other way around. So mm-hmm. it'll give them more opportunities to rest your superstars in between. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, another W for Team Pakistan. And we'll, we'll take that. Yes. And on that note, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up our episode for today. Thanks, everybody. Make sure you check us out on our Facebook page, um, on our social media platforms at Crick Electuals. Feel free. And we uh, encourage you to please send us your questions. And we're looking forward to start to incorporate some of these questions that we get from listeners like you uh, into our episodes. So please do engage with us on our social media platforms. Let us know what you're thinking. What do you think about the analysis? the comments we we share with you, the ideas we share with you, and we'd love to incorporate some of yours into our episodes as well. So until next time, have a good one. Peace.